Good morning, Gateway Church. We are growing family after God's heart. President Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States in my late, late teens and early 20s. Now, that was a long time ago, right? I mean, some of you would say, yeah, that was a long time. Others would say, no, oh, it doesn't seem that, that, that long ago. He was known as the great communicator. And uh, I graduated in high school and college when he was the president. He was known as the great communicator. During his life, Reagan downplayed the designation in his farewell address. In typical, humble fashion, he redirected the praise from himself, and he said this, in all of that time, I won a nickname, the great communicator. But I never thought it was my style or the words I used that made a difference. It was the content. I wasn't a great communicator. I communicated great things. And they didn't spring, spring full bloom from my brow. He would have said it way better than that, right? They came from the heart of a great nation from our experience, our wisdom, and our belief in principles that have guided us for two centuries. And so even though Reagan downplayed his nickname, the great communicator, he was. So I want to play off of that designation and talk about Jesus Christ, not as the great communicator, though he was and is the greatest communicator of all. I want to talk about Jesus Christ as the great connector, the great connector. We talk a lot about the value of connecting here at Gateway Church, so much so that we carved out an entire month, the month of February, to focus on connection. Our series is named C3.1 Update, which stands for Collaborating for a Culture of Connection. If you've been here for some time, you're saying, okay, I I get that, I've heard that, but why is connection so important to us? Well, for one thing, we were created in the image of God, and the very essence of the Godhead, listen, is a connecting community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in constant communication, the Trinity, this fiery love of, of the essence of God in community. So the result of being the image bearers of God, and that's what the, the, the Bible says in Genesis, that we were created in the image of God. So we have this innate desire that's built in, that we all have this desire to what? To connect. The bad news is that since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, we were born disconnected with God. The most important connection is to be connected with our Heavenly Father. But sin severed that relationship, that connection. When Adam and Eve sinned, we as their offspring shared in the disconnect. The Bible says we've all sinned, Romans 3.23 The disconnect with God, the vertical, has infected and tainted all of our relationships, the horizontal, sin. 
That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus Christ, the great connector, provided a means to be connected with God and with each other. And then Jesus modeled it, didn't he? He provided a a way back for us to be connected with the Father, but then he modeled, we read it in the Gospels, he modeled to us how to be connected to one another. We all know what it feels like to be disconnected. I hate that feeling. I don't like it at all. When there's some sort of friction in my relationship with Deanna, and there's maybe some, sometimes this feeling of disconnect. It's like, ah, I don't like that feeling. We, we know what that feels like with our kids, in our relationships, in our families, and in the church. There's times when, when there's this feeling of disconnect that occurs in our relationships. Some of you may be feeling that right now in this body. And then there's times you're going, wow, this is the greatest congregation or community around. I feel this incredible connection that I have with people in the body of Christ. I'm not just the face. Someone knows my name. It's very important that we gauge how we're doing in this area of our ministry, Gateway Church. So I did something in this series that I've never done before. I took time out. It was a different kind of message last week. It wasn't a verse-by-verse study in, in a chapter, in a book. It was more of sharing my heart. And, and asking the question and having you answer four questions because I really wanted to know if we're talking about a family, healthy families are well-connected families, I wanted to know, do you feel connected at Gateway? Answer the question, if you will, for me. You don't have to put your name on the survey. That was optional. By the way, most of you didn't put your name on the survey. <laughs> and there were, there were some of the surveys where the, the answer to the question is, do you feel connected? You, you, some of you answered that no with no name. So it's like, I don't know how to read your writing. So it's like, oh, I wish, I, I wish some of the folks that put no down would have put their names so that we could have attempted, at least tried. So I had you fill out this survey. Approximately 160 people filled out the survey. Right here. Four questions. Do you feel connected or not? Yes or no? Circle. Which one? If yes, tell tell me why. Why do you feel connected at Gateway? Top three, and I read each survey, did a quick summary, and I I think the, 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 the survey is a snapshot of kind of the reality of of what we feel here at Gateway Church, if we feel connected or not. A sampling, I think it's a good sampling. 
Three top reasons why. If, if, if you feel connected at Gateway, here are the top three reasons why you feel connected. Number one, you're involved in some ministry. That was, that was the number one reason that people felt connected. They were involved in some kind of ministry with some other people in the church. They felt connected that way. Number two, they're in a, a life group or a class or a study of some kind. Number three, you had a friend. Someone in the body that you would say, one or two or three people that you would say, okay, I would consider them a very close friend. We make contact with one another. Who calls anymore, right? Talking about, I I hope the phone, is the phone ever going to make a comeback? Amen. Amen. I got one amen here. (laughs) I don't know if it will or not. Amy says yes. But people are saying, okay, one of the main reasons why I feel connected is I have a friend. I'm texting or, you know, there's, there's this relationship going on. Communication. So I, I read through the, 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 all of those who said yes, and it was really encouraging to me. I was very encouraged. And I shared this with the governing board and, and the, the elders on Tuesday night, and we, were, we had a governing board meeting, and we, we, we went through some of those cards as the meeting went on. Guys were, were reading a number of the cards, and and I want to compile a, you know, a further review on the survey so that it can help us. Question number three, what can Gateway Church do? What can we do? And the we was the elders and the pastors and the, and the ministries, the leaders of the various ministries. And you gave us some ideas of what we can do. One of the things is the whole idea of communication and to get the word out and to to do a better job of communicating with all of the various means that we have with the the website and and uh, um, what happens here with with the projection and and on the platform we we just need to do a better job of communicating and in our ministries we're going to do that We're going to work on that. The last question was, what can you do to get connected? What can you do? You see, if it's all about we, it's a two-way street. Last week, we we had in our, our, our videos, the gateway stories, we had a, a young couple, Sean and Megan Prince, and in the video, they said, we're introverts by nature. We're not very outgoing. Remember the, the video? And they said that they had to take a step towards people in the ministries here to get connected in Gateway. And so what will we do, but what will you do? Sometimes you just got to step out of your comfort zones if you truly want to get connected in the body. So I was both encouraged, and then I was also challenged. And the reason why I was challenged was because 
50. Around 50 people said that they don't feel connected or somewhat connected. I'm glad you're honest and shared with me and with us that one out of every three people at Gateway Church would say, I'm not connected. Or I don't feel connected. And we're addressing that problem. It's an issue that we got to work on. And we want to do a better job at it. And so like I said, our leaders are, are, are working and praying. And as we discern what it is that we can do, we're going to share with you those ideas. And we want this open dialogue with the body of Christ. We want you to help us as we seek to lead you so that we can be a growing family after God's heart. And we know that that means that we need to be connected as a family. Amen? Why are we placing such a high value and emphasis on connecting? Well, simply because of the model and example of Jesus Christ, our great connector. He's our inspiration. He made three key connections. First, he connected with his father, right? This is the first connection. Even as a boy, Jesus was aware of the the unique relationship that he had with his father. Uh, I love the story in Matthew. 12 years old. And his mother Mary and his father Joseph, they they brought the, the young boy to Jerusalem for Passover from Nazareth in Galilee in the north. He's 12 years old. And uh, the traveling party had departed. They left to go back to Nazareth, right? And a few days into that, they're looking for Jesus. And they can't find him. And they're just beside themselves. So they went back to Jerusalem. And they found Jesus where? In the temple. Matthew chapter 2. And here's this innocent young boy who responds to his mother and his father. And he says, I was about my father's business. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So the boy Jesus knew he had a unique connection with his father as a young boy. And then throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus communicated with words and with his actions of the connection that he had with his father. He clearly talks about that in the Gospel of John. And then he would often get away to pray and commune with his father. The only time there was a disconnect with the father was at the cross when Jesus uttered these words as he cried out in anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The father looks away from his son and rejects him because Jesus, what, carried the sins of all of mankind on his body. And there, 
the Son incurs the full wrath of God against sin at the cross. And something occurred in the Godhead that had never taken place prior, nor will it ever occur again. This disconnect caused immense pain for both father and son. Why did God do it? Why did the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all part of the great plan of salvation, in this community of love, when Jesus cried out, God, you have forsaken me because of my disconnect with God. The most important connection we have is connection with God. We were born what? Not children of God. We were not born connected to God. Yet we are, we, we, we bear the image of God as his creation, but we were born disconnected from God. And someone loved me so much. They saw my disconnect. They shared the gospel with me, the good news. And through faith in Christ, I became connected with God. So Jesus connected with his father. He connected with his disciples. He initiated the relationship with his disciples. And what's so neat about that relationship is that they didn't know that they would be ready to birth the church, to form the church. They remembered how Jesus trained them, how he connected with them. He called them by name. He knew them individually. He loved them. What did Jesus do? He, he modeled the five characteristics behind me on the stage. He loved how? Unconditionally. He forgave graciously. He spoke Truthfully, he encouraged intentionally, he cared compassionately. You can remember these characteristics of a healthy family easy with this will illustration right there. Jesus is right there at the hub, he's the center. There's five spokes, they're right behind me. The five spokes of a healthy, connected family. Takes these five characteristics. I'm going to give you an easy way to remember them, all right? It's an acrostic. It's this one, cleft. C is care. It's right there, the spokes. If you look at the spokes, if you use this acrostic, and people ask you, what's Gateway Church all about? We're a family after God's heart. We're growing in these areas, these five areas, modeled by Jesus, the great connector. And you're going, well, what are those five areas? I can't, can't remember that, those banners behind me. Here's an easy way to remember it, cleft. C is care. Cared compassionately. L is love. By the way, this wasn't my idea, all right? 
Mike Capelli gave me this idea. He's on our board. Where's Mike at? He just he emailed me this this last week. E is encouragement. F is forgiveness. T is truth. The last way Jesus connected is that he connected with the lost. Connected with the lost. This is our Bible lesson today, real quick. We've been looking at the story in John chapter 4, right? With the Samaritan woman. Now Jesus goes out of the way. The disciples had gone to get food. They came back, and they see Jesus interacting with this woman. They had food in their hands, and they came back, and they knew Jesus would, would obviously be hungry after the travel, like 40 miles from where they were at to where this woman was. And they come back with food. And they say, Jesus, here's the food that we have. And here's the response that Jesus said. Verse 32 of John 4. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are white. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and the other reaps is true. I sent you to reap for what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town, now as a result of what Jesus did, he connected, number one, with the Father, right? Number two, he connected with the disciples. He modeled to them how to do it. He exhibited all of these characteristics. Cleft. Did you see that? He didn't stop there. The, the connection didn't stop at that point. If it stops there, listen. What happens if it stops there, we become ingrown, self-preserving, self-seeking. And what matters most are my needs. We know how that works. Even in our own families, if it's all about me, we have problems. So Jesus modeled. The connection goes to the lost. He goes out of his way to reach someone that the disciples didn't care about at all. A Samaritan woman. Jesus ministers. Leads. Communicates the truth that he is the Messiah. As a result, she believes. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with 
them, and he stayed two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Jesus clearly teaches. He teaches his disciples and he teaches us about his mission on earth. He came to connect lost people to the Father heart of God. He was missional. He came to seek and to save the lost. So if we go back to that wheel and all we have is the wheel, it's not... It doesn't, all it communicates is it's self-serving right now. In a sense, that if all we ever care about is just the people here, I mean, we have to do that, right? There has to be that connection, but it can't end there. If it does, this is what it looks like. (laughs) Now, I, I wish I could have I should have had a nice wheel on there, right? With the, the hub and the nice rims. I mean, these are terrible. This is not, I don't even call that. There's no rim there, but this is what we got, all right? I mean, you could have this beautiful vehicle. It's not that great a vehicle either. But just now imagine, just this really cool vehicle with great rims, great wheels, But if there's no tire, there's no tread on the tire, it's not missional, is it? I mean, you could wash and wax that car and and turn it on and spin the, the hub there. It's not going anywhere. That's not what we want to be. That's not what we want to look like. You have to have connection with the lost, right? So the wheel looks like this. You've seen it before. I don't have the right order. There it is. The work of the Father. It communicates movement. Well, it should. So the question I want to ask today... Who is it that is on your heart that is not connected with God? It's not connected with the body of Christ. And you are, maybe. And that's such a wonderful gift when that occurs. There's so many other people that need to experience what you have. And so I want to challenge us. A couple of years ago, I, I gave to each person a little tool called Paths of Gold. I don't know if you still have this or not. I have mine. And I have the name of someone that, that, that the Lord's using, hopefully, to build a relationship. I have the person's name Right in here, and it just has prayers. All it does is it's got the name of the person that's lost, that's not connected to God. 
And there's prayers about spiritual blindness. And so you pray against spiritual blindness in the person's life. And then you pray for heart surgery. And all you do is you simply offer up the prayers and God uses it. You build that relationship with someone who's lost, like the Samaritan woman. And then there's this little gold coin that, that I glued on the top of it. Tom Tuckey, an elder in our church, he, he preached a message one day about the, the, the parable of the lost coin and how there's, there was so much value in this coin that this, this woman had lost it and she swept her house clean and she rejoiced when she found that lost coin. He talked about the fact that every lost person has so much value. I want to encourage you to, to take it. I, there's, a, there's a form that I just we put in the bulletin. If you want to grab just another one you, and you don't have one, grab this, all right? Use it as a tool. Right in front of you in, in the chair. You can't find a pass of gold. It's right there, all right? You can grab it. Start praying for lost people. I'm going to close with a video, but before we do, it's a video about a lost person coming to Christ. Got an email a week and a half ago from Tony White. It's just it was so great when he shared this email with me. I was so encouraged by it. He said, good afternoon, honorable reverend. That's what he called me. (laughs) It's like, well, I haven't been called honorable reverend in a, I don't think I ever have. Except Tony, he says that every once in a while. Now, please don't do that, all right? Don't call me that. Only Tony can call me that. He shares in this great, great email He says, I want to share some great news with you. My friend Rob, my friend Rob, and Rob's here today. And he tells the story of of this young man who's been with me now for the last couple of, of weeks. He came to our home last night before our transformation recovery group. It meets on Tuesday. Just a just a great ministry. I mean, we're all in recovery, right? There isn't anybody here that isn't in some kind of recovery. So you're you're invited to this, this meeting that meets on Tuesdays. Tony leads the way. He's been doing it for a few years. I don't think he's missed a Tuesday. In three years, probably. Not longer than that. He writes in the email, we were talking about all the things that have happened in the last past two and a half months in his life when he looked at me and said to Tony, quote, here's what Rob said to Tony, I need to to get born again. I need to be born again. Isn't that awesome? I thought of my good buddy, Pastor Paul, and remembered something he said about low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I grabbed my Bible, took, took, took him to Romans 3.23, and we talked about our sin nature 
and never being able to be good enough to earn God's favor. He said he definitely understood that truth in light of his own life. We then went to Romans 6.23. Now, Tony's just giving us a way that we can communicate the gospel. We should all be able to give an account of the hope that resides within our hearts. Tony uses the Romans road. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned. The penalty of sin, Romans 6.23. But through the free gift of God, Jesus hung there in our place and now offers us his forgiveness and grace. At that, I asked him if he was ready to accept God's gift of grace and eternal life. He said, yes, low-hanging fruit. It's not always that easy, right? There's some people that we've been working on for years and years and years. Don't give up. Keep building that relationship. He said, yes, we bowed together and I led him in a prayer to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus' work on the cross. I explained to him the ministry and fellowship in the life of everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus for salvation. And we also looked at Romans 8 and our sonship in Christ. I am rejoicing in what God is doing and those he is bringing into our fellowship at Gateway and the privilege I have in sharing in the ministry we have. Isn't that a great testimony? I love that testimony. And the white rose today is for Rob. And we celebrate new life. And so Rob doesn't know this, but I, I think he'd be okay with it. Tony and Rob, I want you to come on up here, right? And, and uh, I, want, I want to pray for Rob. And this is, come on up, guys. And Tony, I want you to go grab that rose, and I want you to give it to, to Rob, all right? God bless you. Yeah. Come on up. This is Rob. Just gave his life to Christ recently. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this is, this is truly an incredible story. I'm not going to put Rob on the spot, but he's been born again. Amen. He was once disconnected from the heart of God. And because of the ministry of, of the church and the ministry of people like, like Tony, led him to Christ. He is now what? He is connected. He is connected. And so, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. Let's pray, all right? Let's extend our hand and just bless our brother, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you loved Rob so much that you went to the cross for him. You took his, his, his sin, you took his shame, you took his pain. You are a chain breaker, Jesus. You're a pain taker. You made a way. And so we welcome this brother into our fellowship here at Gateway Church. 
We ask, Lord, that you would use us to help Rob get discipled and grow in his faith. This, this young son of God. We bless him. We thank you for him. Thank you for Tony. Lord, help us all be, be like Tony, sharing the good news. So do something in our own hearts. As we pray for our brother, Rob, we pray for our own hearts, Lord. Use this, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, buddy. All right. All right. Yeah. Chop, Tony. Honorable. Honorable, Reverend. Yeah. Amen.